All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. Today we're talking about how we tell the stories of our lives. Take your seats, please. Thanks. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create positive, sustainable changes in our mindset, our habits, our health, and our lives. I'm Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel, and we are glad you are here. Welcome. We sure are. <laughs> you know, all of us are going to experience our share of challenges, disappointments, hardships as we go through our lives. We may even go through things that are quite traumatic. Oh, man. What a bummer way to start the show. <laughs> Stay with me here. Okay. Because, I mean, that's just the reality, right? That's just life. Yeah. And what really matters is how we're able to recover from these things. And I really think that our ability to recover and even to transcend these things depends so much on how we tell the story of our lives, whether we're telling that story to ourselves or to someone else. So today in this episode, we're going to explore the power of narrative psychology and how we can use that to cultivate more resilience. So that's not quite as bad as it sounded, does it? Definitely not. No. Although now I am kind of thinking of what was that old soap opera that these are the days of our lives. <laughs> like sands through an hourglass. <laughs> I don't know why that made me think of that. But before we jump into that, yeah, are you working on anything these days, Brock? I am. I'm working on my self-control. Oh. <laughs> in a very, very specific niche part of my life. As people know, if they listen to our last episode, I have recently released, uh, I launched an entirely new fitness podcast, moved on from the, <laughs> thank you, moved on from the Get Fit Guy podcast that I was doing for four years and started a show called Second Wind Fitness. And I'm on my fourth episode, uh, has come out, and I don't know if the people out there really know how podcasting works, but basically we don't get a lot of information on who's listening, where they're listening and all of that kind of stuff. We just sort of get a single number really for each episode. And that is how many people have downloaded it. And that counts for like plays on Spotify and Apple and Stitcher and all those other places you listen to podcasts. And because it's such a brand new show, I have been compulsively checking that number oh, no. in particular for each episode far too often. Oh, like just hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, <laughs> not quite that bad, but close. <laughs> close. <laughs> and the problem is, is that I, re I can feel myself getting excited for that <laughs> refresh button and then feeling a bit of disappointment when the number only goes up by one or two or even 10, mm. which is totally unfair. There's no way even the biggest shows in the world aren't going to see exponential growth in the first four episodes or in a matter of hours since the last time I, I checked it. So I'm doing my best to, to take a moment before I load the page, before I hit the refresh button to remind myself that A, this is not the most important thing for me to be monitoring because downloads are only one measure of success in this realm. As, as you and I have learned with this show in particular, the emails that we get from people saying how much we've impacted their lives or the way that they've used the information from the show, that really is so much more important than those download numbers. And secondly, the compulsively checking the, the downloads really just sets myself up for disappointment <laughs> because of course I'm not going to hit some amazing record numbers this quickly. And, and I know that. 
So it's a, it's a good reminder and lesson for me to just keep a, keep a lid on it a little bit, Brock. <laughs> well, I remember we went through that phase with the Change Academy when we first launched. We were so excited and it was hard not to be focused on those numbers. And I, I get it. You know, you so much goes into launching a new podcast and when, when it's finally out there in the world, you just can't wait to see what everybody thinks. But yeah, that, that doesn't sound super healthy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the danger really is that I'm starting to feel that I'm hanging my self-worth on right. the amount of downloads that the, the podcast is getting. And that is completely unfair. It's very akin to hanging your self-worth on the paycheck that you receive mm. or or the the I don't know, emails that you get from your, your boss congratulating you. It's these the likes on your Instagram post. Exactly. Yeah. That's actually a very, very apt comparison. So. All right, Brock, shut down that page. Just <laughs> yes. exit out. <laughs> I should have a filter on my browser that only allows me to go there once every three days. There you go. That sounds reasonable. Or I could just have some self-control and do it myself. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. That was very candid of you to share that with us. So everybody help Brock out. Go download the podcast so he can feel a little bit <laughs> So I can revel in things. my download numbers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, you never get done striving for greater levels of self-awareness and self-control. And that's right. We're always still working. But I'm really excited about this week's topic. We've had a lot of back and forth on it, and I know it's actually been in our slush pile for a while. So I'm really glad mm -hmm. that it got to the top of the heap this week and that we get to talk about it. Because, you know, I certainly noticed this in myself. I noticed this, we notice it a lot in the people that we work with. When we are reporting the circumstances of our lives, the, the truth is most of us are not reciting facts. We think we are. We think we're just stating the, the bare facts, but whether we realize it or not, there's an enormous amount of interpretation going on. We assign meaning to the things that happen to us or to the number of downloads for our podcast. <laughs> and how we are telling the story of our lives, I think, actually has a bigger impact on our current experience and our future experience than the actual facts of our history. And one of the ways that this comes up the most commonly is that we cast ourselves in the role of the victim, or at least like the helpless bystander. And not surprisingly, this stance leaves us feeling sort of victimized or helpless, Right. but we have other choices. We do. And you know, I, I'm going to take that a little bit further. In my experience anyway, the people that do frame their life as sort of being the helpless bystander or or being the victim or, or being somewhat helpless anyway, there's a bit of virtuousness, I think, that we attach to some of that stuff, mm. too, that if you're constantly busy and you're constantly stressed and you're constantly behind the eight ball or anything like that, that there is a bit of, well, I, you you can excuse me for not doing mm. some other things because I'm so busy with this. I It's almost a get out of jail free card by just constantly making your life sound so overwhelmed and so helpless that we can really excuse ourselves for a lot of things. And, mm. and you know, the, the interesting thing, before we get into some examples, the interesting thing is, is that we're often not even aware that we're doing this. Oh, right, of course. And, and I think often we learn how we view and we frame our lives from our parents and our allo parents and other caregivers in our lives from a really early age. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What's that word? Allo parents? Allo parents? Yeah, it's a. I've never heard that. What's that mean? 
<laughs> it's a, a like a parental figure that isn't necessarily a biological or okay or part of the the family. It's I, like a extended family kind of a kind of a thing. I actually just learned that from an audiobook that I was working on. Oh, <laughs> so okay. it's a new word for me too. Oh well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Okay, allo parents. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no problem. So we learn these things at such a young age that we just assume or we just write off the fact that there is any other way to frame our lives other than in this one particular way. And and often that can define us as the kind of person who sees a glass half empty or half full kind of a thing. Or And we'll get into all the different ways that you can you can frame these stories. But I've, I've been fascinated for years about this idea of a false heredity. Oh. Yeah, we've talked about that yeah. on, on the podcast before, how we sort of just think, well, it's in my genes. Runs in my family, yeah. Yeah, runs in my family. I'm destined to to do this. But when we actually look closer, it, it does run in your family, but it's a behavior, right. not a gene that's running in your family. So, yes, it has been passed on through the generations, but not in a biologically locked in imperative kind of way, more in a in a learned behavior, which means if we can learn it, we can unlearn it. Yeah, that's such a good point. And yeah, there are so many ways that this plays out. But we had a, a beautiful example of this just recently with somebody that we work with was kind of recounting the details of a particularly tough day. And I'm going to sort of change a few of the details just to protect her privacy, but I don't probably don't even need to because I think everyone listening is going to immediately recognize this. It's like, we've had this day, right? So they wrote, I was seriously overscheduled. I didn't even get to eat breakfast until 10.30 a.m. because I was frantically trying to get my kids where they needed to be. And then because I ate breakfast so late, I just skipped lunch entirely. And so there I was in the late afternoon, frantically again, preparing last minute for this potluck I had to go to and I'm still fielding kid problems and I'm running over to my desk every chance I get to finish up some client work. It was crazy, they write. (laughs) And so this is what happened. I put two pastries in the toaster oven and, you know, I was totally hungry and somehow it felt like a reward just for, you know, surviving my day. But then at the last minute, I decided to only eat one of the pastries. I put one back But then I did let myself have a few bites of ice cream as a reward. So the ice cream was definitely not a win, but I felt like stopping at one pastry was. But the heart of everything is the late breakfast and the skipped lunch. I was so stressed and I was hungry. I've read this many times and I I was in on this original conversation. But even as you were reading that right now, I got some feelings of helplessness, stress, even a little bit of fear in there. Just reading it. Yeah, my blood pressure went up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. The power of language. We both got a visceral response from just Mm rereading something that we've read before. So it's no wonder that this person is struggling with making some positive changes in their life. And you know what? When, When you write or you say things like this about yourself in this way, your nervous system listens and responds the same way that that we just did while you were reading that, right. Monica. Right. But, and this is the crux of this episode, really, is that without m- waving some magic wand or winning the lottery or <laughs> completely changing your life, we can change that same narrative. So I responded to, to this person in the forum and I said, please allow me to rewrite your day's summary in a different way and see how it feels. So this is, this is the way I reframed their day. I said, 
I was seriously productive yesterday. I delayed my breakfast to ensure my kids would be on time, which allowed me to skip lunch. I also successfully prepared a dish for a potluck and finished up some client work. And to top it off, I had the presence of mind to only eat one pastry instead of two and had a scoop of ice cream, which is kind of an oops. I definitely have some reflection to do on how skipping meals affects me. Wow. Same facts. Yeah, you can see that I didn't lie about any of the things that was in that original story. I didn't change anything that was achieved, but I did frame that individual as a hero <laughs> that that person actually is for handling all of those things, because that really is a busy day. But what I did was choose the verbiage that framed that in a positive and instead of a negative way. And I and I said to this this individual and everybody else in the forum that this may seem silly and small, but it really is a big deal. Because the way that we talk about our lives can greatly influence the way we feel about them, which can in turn greatly influence the way that we cope or soothe ourselves using things like pastry and ice cream. Right. But the best part of this story is actually what happened next, or at least this was yeah. the part that I was just so blown away by. So after Brock rewrote the story, the person responded back and said, wow, that was super fun to read. Thank you. It made me ask myself why I framed the story the way I did, because focusing on the negative in hindsight feels totally intentional. Hmm. And I think they said, it's because I've spent years studying storytelling, like books and screenplays, and a good story is all about the tension caused by obstacles and conflicts. And I've just been trained to tell a story with as much conflict as possible, hmm. but focusing on obstacles and conflicts doesn't make for a great personal mindset. That's such a great observation. Oh my God, it was amazing. I've never actually thought of it in that way because I always approach it from the way that I, I frame this whole thing that we learn how we frame our lives from our parents and alloparents again. But this individual is actually coming at it from a much more academic sort yeah. of approach. And of course, they're absolutely right. But anyway, before we get into that, another member chimed in and just it just kept getting better and better. But this other member of our forum chimed in and said, my background is in writing and narrative. I never thought to see how that drive for tension can be at odds with a more balanced telling, focusing on incremental growth or success. Right. And then somebody else chimed in and said, even for those of us who aren't trained to tell stories by incorporating tension, the tendency is to stress, at least for me, and that leads to compensatory eating. Mm -hmm. It would be such a great gift to learn to rewrite or rethink things a la Brock's rewrite. And you know what? That great gift is available to each and every one of us merely for the choosing. It is. It is. We just need to take the time to actually do it and practice it, of course, like everything else that we talk about in this podcast. You can't just do it once and, and hope that your life is going to change. You need to do it again and do it again until you start to catch yourself in the moment having those those negative patterns and and replace it as coming out of your mouth. So I thought it would be kind of fun. I actually found a list of psychological frames on a few different websites. I, I thought I actually came up with this idea, but I found a few spots that had very similar sort of things. So I collected a few of them that I want to share with everybody today. Some different psychological frames that we can choose or choose to avoid. We can apply these the same way I did to that member of our forum's story. You can apply these frames and change your own story. So the first one is the shame frame. 
I bet you can guess what that is. Do you feel bad about something that's happened to you or you're guilty maybe? Yeah. So you're sort of, you're making the story, you're creating the story around how it made you feel bad or how you feel bad about yourself or how you feel bad about your life. Got it. And the second one is the blame frame. Oh, right. It's somebody, it's the fault of things or people beyond your control. Yeah, I think we all know people like this, that every single thing that happens in their life is not their fault. Right. It's all been, they're all a victim of somebody else's behavior or the world isn't fair or the boss is picking on you or or something like that. So that's the, the blame frame. Right. Then the virtuous victim frame. Oh, that sounds like what you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Yeah, this one, I think, I think, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just the people I hang around with. But I think this is the most common one of, of them all. And again, it's that person that measures their worth by how busy or over busy and stressful their life is and gives themselves that sort of get out of jail free card by by framing everything in that way. You know, it strikes me that constantly presenting your life in that way also is a way to keep people from asking you to do things. You know, maybe it's kind of a defensive maneuver. Like, how could you possibly pile more on me right now because of everything that I'm already dealing with? And, you know, maybe that is, it's maybe not a terrifically candid way of setting boundaries. It might be an effective one. But I think the unintended consequence of that is that we internalize that. Yeah. And then yeah, we believe it. Right. We believe that we are so stressed and so busy and so at the end of our rope at all times. And that then doesn't serve us. So then there's two more that it, uh, that I've got in this list here. And they're the more sort of fun ones. And the next one is game, the game frame. Mm-hmm. And that's what when you sort of blow off the challenges or the criticisms in your life as being just trivial or maybe even fun. So whenever something comes along that does sort of create an obstacle, you view it as a as a challenge or you view it as a, as something that can, isn't really that important or more like an obstacle course than a, a barrier. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the final one. And I think this is the one that I try the most to remind myself to apply to to my life is the learning frame where you look at every story as an opportunity to to learn or to teach mm-hmm. or to grow to move towards that that better version of yourself without the blame, without the shame, without the victim, without the even without the game necessarily. We just frame it in a way of how can I use this to make myself better or stronger, more resilient. Right. And that's definitely the frame that we've talked about so often that we can effectively apply to failure. You know, when we try something and it doesn't work, we can see that as an opportunity to figure out what will that Figuring out what doesn't work is often just as important as figuring out what will. And so a failure is not necessarily a bad thing. It can just be a stepping stone to success. And actually, we have an episode coming up pretty soon that's going to focus on exactly that, that I think Monica and I are both equally excited about bringing you guys, but you're gonna have to wait a couple of weeks for that one. Okay, Brock, I got a great lab experiment for it this week. But before we do that, maybe some takeaways. Absolutely. Okay. So the first thing is that we all have ups and downs. We all have challenges and successes on a daily basis. And the goal is not to eliminate those or to live a flat life. That's not the point of this. The second thing is being able to tell your story in different ways. Well, it's not about lying or obfuscating the truth. It's just reframing that same information with a different lens. 
Then, the way we talk about ourselves and the stories we tell about the events in our lives have a big effect on how we react, recover, and overcome life's challenges. It also has a direct impact on whether we will or won't reach our goals. And finally, it may make your life seem more exciting, more virtuous, more meaningful, or more dramatic to frame it as such, but it is important to remember that your life is not a novel. And even if it was, you're probably the only one who's reading it, so you don't need to embellish. (laughs) Right. Especially if it is in the way of you and reaching the goals that you want to reach. Absolutely. Okay, our lab experiment is going to be especially fun for those of you who, like our members, enjoy writing and telling stories because this is kind of a writing exercise. So step one is to identify an area of your life, any place where you feel some frustration or some disappointment in your progress or maybe in your prospects. Once you've got that in mind, write the story of how you got here. What are the challenges, the circumstances, the things that got in your way? What went wrong? And I want you to have fun really leaning into the ways in which you got a bum deal and now you're just forced to deal (laughs) with it. Really go for it. That sounds like fun. Okay, now turn the page, clean sheet, and rewrite that same story. Now, don't change any of the factual details, but see if you can find a way to cast yourself as the hero of your story. Resilient, resourceful, doing the best you can with the hand you've been dealt, and managing to do pretty well, actually. So look for the triumphs. Okay, once you've finished that... I want you to take a step back and read both stories as if someone else wrote them, as if they were about someone else. And then ask yourself, are these both equally true? Is one any more true than the other? And is there anything to be gained by sticking with that first version? Hmm. Unless you're submitting a screenplay, of course, then maybe there'd be something (laughs) to gain from that. Maybe a mix of both. (laughs) I really like this one, this particular lab experiment, because, you know, we always encourage you to actually get a piece of paper and a pen or at least a a keyboard and a screen in front of you and and do the lab experiments, like not just in your head, but get it on screen or on paper. But this one in particular is you really, really need to write it down because this is going to be a lot more fun than just doing it in your head. Now, we have had some really great feedback through our listener survey, but we could still use some some of your input. We'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you haven't already, make sure to go over to changeacademypodcast.com slash survey. And we promise it's a very quick little survey. It won't take you very long at all, but it's really, it'd be really helpful if you can just take a minute to give us some feedback. Yeah, we would really appreciate it. And we appreciate you being here today. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to apply this information next time I look at my downloads for my new podcast and they (laughs) haven't changed much. I'm going to frame myself as the hero, not as the victim. Absolutely. And if you haven't yet checked out Second Wind Fitness, this would be a great opportunity to do that as well, because we're at the end of this episode. And now what are you going to listen to next? More me. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinecker.